Welcome to The Breakdown, where we dig deeper into Sunday sermon, talk about life, and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. We're here, Nick and I, this week. Here we are, ready to roll again. We missed a week last week. Yeah, but it, it was it. it was for good calls. Thanksgiving, yes, you know, take a break. And, busy uh, giving thanks. Yeah. Uh, so we're still in the same series that we were the week before last, Anxious for Nothing. I think it's a perfectly timed series because this time of the year, I think, brings a lot of anxiety to family, um, whether that's because they're being around their family yeah. or just, yeah. you know, the things that the holidays bring, buying presents, gifts, money, whatnot. And so um, this week... In your sermon, you talked about rest. Yep. yep. So uh, we'd like to start off our podcast with a couple of questions. Um, so we're going to talk about rest. Let's do it. So what's your favorite way to rest? Um, I think my favorite way to rest is probably just to be outside somewhere beautiful and enjoy a view. For me, that's usually the mountains. Just to be at a place with mountains in the background on a beautiful day, if I'm outside in an environment like that, that's a great way for me to rest. So that that would be right up at the top. There's other ways. And like, I'm kind of a, sometimes I'm an active rester, you know, if I'm doing a thing, even, even running for me can be restful because I'm, you know, it's just very, uh, makes no sense, man. You're exerting it. I know, but it does. It's uh, a rest my mind. Yeah. How about you? And I hate to, you know, just piggyback off of yours, but being in Georgia, this wasn't the case in Louisiana. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed being out on the lake when I got to do that, but it was far and few between. I didn't get to do that very often. But being here, you're so close to the beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, you drive an hour, you can do all these hikes and trails. Uh, so really, since we've been here, that's been our way to rest as a family, to get out, um, get away from screens, get away from just our normal everyday problems i guess you would say or maybe just like schedule and to get out on the trail to be outdoors to not have an agenda we found has been very helpful there's still a schedule because we have small kids so there's still a nap time but not feeling like we have to be rushed and kept on that schedule has been so good for our family Um, we always found that when our kids were really little you know you get them outside fresh air away from screens and just being outside as a family and being active. And of course, then that helps kind of tire them out and <laughs> they're in a better headspace. You're yeah. in a better headspace. Like the whole family is happier. And so, yeah, that's, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, it does. It works too. And it's a benefit, you know, they're tired. Then you get to go home and take a nap while they take a nap. Right. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Win, win, win. Yeah. So the second question that kind of piggybacks off of that one, has there been a time in your life where, you haven't been able to rest and how has that affected you physically, emotionally, spiritually? Mm. Yeah, I think definitely early on in ministry before I learned how to rest and how Mm. critical rest was, I was very much go, 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 go. I mean, when I was transitioning from youth ministry into senior ministry, I was in a, in a smaller church and I was doing everything. So Mm. I was, doing the senior ministry side of things while I was still managing our youth group ministry. And so I was handling all of that, you know, by myself, 
taking kids on trips, coming back, preaching, going to the hospital. You know, yeah. it was, uh, you know, you had all aspects of the ministry for that season were on me until we hired a person to help on the youth side. But uh, yeah, that was a time I was not resting very well um, and wasn't very good at resting and didn't really have great uh, spiritual or physical practices outside of like the normal work I was doing to get ready to do ministry. I wasn't taking care of myself, prioritizing my spiritual or physical or or mental health. So yeah, that, that was, that was a time when it was hard for me. How are you? Hmm. Yeah, interesting you say that because I think my transition from teaching um, in the public schools to youth ministry was, uh, I mean, a difficult transition for me because it was something new. And so uh, when I get into something that's new for me, I want to learn it all and I want to be pretty good at it quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that just doesn't work. Uh, And so that kind of sets you up for failure, just that mentality of if I don't rest, then I can get ahead. Yeah. And so, yeah, it affected um, it, it affected Heather and I just because we didn't communicate well mm-hmm. um, because of that. Um, but then once you got into that rhythm of, oh, wow, this is affecting me physically, mentally, spiritually, my family. And you realize that and you kind of slow down and you're like, oh, yeah, you remember what God said about Sabbath and rest and, and kind of start implementing that into your life. I, I saw a major change. And so when we moved here, we knew that and we were like, okay, this is something new. You don't need to learn it all at once. Mm-hmm. We need to prioritize rest. Sure. And it's been an easier transition right. than it was then. Um, so yeah, it, it does affect you in every area of life. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is cool. your sermon was on rest. Yep. Um, it's funny hearing it front, not funny, I guess, but you normally won't hear that from the from the pulpit. Yeah. Like, hey, you need to rest. Right. Everybody's going to say amen. Yeah. But how many of us are practicing the rhythm of rest? Sure. That Sabbath day. And um, I found just in kind of the the sphere of um, influencers that I listen to, Christian influencers, that the Sabbath is becoming a topic that's been more and more talked about. Right. Because we're seeing... So many anxious people, so many depressed people, so many uh, burned out people that it's a topic that needs to be addressed again. Um, yeah. And I mean, what what does the Sabbath look like now, you know, in the New Testament era and New Covenant era? How does that, you know, how does it apply to us? And, you know, I think I think Sabbath, of course, to me now has become a much more ethereal thing. Right. It's not as clear cut that, you know, hey, this happens on this particular day of the week. Everybody has, you know, different kinds of schedules and work. And of course, you have more and more families where mom and dad or, you know, husband and wife are working outside of the home, both of them. And so, you know, sometimes on schedules that don't line up and, you know, just trying to find a time when you can kind of rest and be together as a family or just rest it gets hard because, you know, one person will go to work and the other person will have the kids and then the other person yeah. will come back from work and the other person will, you know, take the kids. So that's just the real practical side of things, of course, yeah. that, that a lot of people are dealing with. And I, I just think like, you know, you, you have to be, you have to be real about that stuff because that's really where people are. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, your, your duties as a husband, as a dad, don't quit on the Sabbath. Like right. they don't stop. 
they're going to still be there. And so how can we, what does the Sabbath look like? What is, what is this rest that Jesus talks about in the New Testament? And that's kind of what your sermon was about. That he well, had. you know, and you, you talked about, like, you don't hear this a lot from the pulpit, and, and that's true. And I think there is a fine line between encouraging people to rest while also recognizing that what a lot of people are doing is they're busy with a lot of things, but they're busy with a lot of things that don't matter. Yeah. yeah. And so the message is not only, it's not only, hey, rest. Yeah. It's also rest your mind and your heart and refill it and recharge it. And we do that by doing what Jesus said, which is come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That means that we don't rest in periphery to Jesus, yeah. like near him in some relative proximity. We rest in him, which means we actually have to be disciples that are walking with Jesus, that are taking up our cross. Because, you know, as my wife reminded me, my wife always gives me feedback on the <laughs> sermons. And she said, you know, yeah, this was a good one. But she said a lot of people are not going, 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 working, working, working really, really hard. Yeah. They're sitting around on their phone. Mm -hmm. They're watching Netflix. They're chasing their kids to this game, that game, and the other game. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. Right? That's why they're so worn out. And it's a good point. It's a good reminder about, like, there's that fine line of caring for yourself and resting and I, and I believe all that's critical. But the, the, the line of delineation there is in Jesus, Absolutely. you know. And, you know, sure, sometimes you need a minute to zone out on your phone or you you need a minute to watch a movie. You know, all these things are fine. It's as yeah. I said multiple times in the message. Right. Lots of these things are not bad. It's a, always so much. So many things are about how are you using it? Mm -hmm. Like, how is it using you? Yeah. Well, tell Abby that I appreciate that because, uh, you know, that's my first point in my sermon uh, okay. this Sunday. Excellent. I mean, David hits it right on the head of we rest in God alone. Yes. And a lot of us in this day and age will rest in other things. Like you said, just having your Bible near you is not resting in Jesus. Right. Yeah. It's actually opening it up and reading it and diving into it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because... Um, I've been reading this book by um, John Mark Comer, and it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm -hmm. And one of his, um, one of the quotes that I really liked was, it says, Jesus himself was busy. The problem isn't when we have a lot to do, it's when we have too much to do, and the only way to keep up the quota is to hurry. And so really, his one of his main points in this book is that we're not living the life that reflects the same life that Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. Jesus was on his own pace. Jesus took time to be uh, in solitude, to be in prayer, to stop. Yeah, he hung out with people, but he made it intentional, like you did in your sermon. Mm -hmm. When he saw the disciples that were tired, what did he do? He told them, he's like, hey, get away. Let's mm -hmm. get quiet. Let's get to a place where you can reconnect. And that's really what rest is, is it's reconnecting with the creator, right? You know, it's, he has given us the manuscript to recharge. I mean, it, it would, it would be like you have a problem with your computer and you just try to figure it out yourself instead of going back to the manual. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's the simple way to stop putting so much um, 
man, I don't want to preach my sermon, uh, yeah. but to not put so much hope in yourself, but to put hope in God. He's the creator of the universe. He is the one that can sustain you and fulfill your needs and take you away from this, this place of anxiousness to a place where you can just trust in him. And I think rest helps us to reconnect. And that's why we have to do it on a consistent basis. Because if we only do it once a year, and it's like, oh man, well, I feel really close to God. And then we go throughout that whole year and we we slowly just drift away from him because we're so busy with everything else. Right. Like like Abby told you, it might not be work, but we're busy with other things. Yeah. And we slowly just drift away from God. Yep. Um, it's true. I was reading uh, in your sermon, you mentioned um, Exodus 30, and you were talking about the Sabbath being implemented. And um, and so I was just curious, where was the first place that Sabbath towards man was talked about? You know, it's talked about in, in Genesis. We won't get too much into this, but I kind of see that as a divine rest, as something a little different. But in Exodus 17, mm -hmm. God talks about the Sabbath to the Israelites when he's talking about uh, picking up the manna for the next day. He says, hey, you need to rest. You need yeah. to reconnect. You need to realize who is actually sustaining you. Mm -hmm. It's like, do nothing on that day. Yeah, you're taking that day. to. They were allowed to keep the manna on the day before, mm -hmm. which was the only day they were allowed to store it up. Yeah. And then on that day, they would, as you say, give thanks for it, basically, and recognize, you know, this is the one who's providing this basically six days a week, but really seven. But yeah. it shows up on the ground. Six days a week, which is crazy. <laughs> which that in and of itself should have reconnected them with God. Oh, yeah. But he's like, all right, now you have to take, you think that you are doing a lot by picking it up and bringing it in and eating it. Yeah. He's like, now do nothing right. and I will still sustain still provide, you. Yeah. I, I think in our culture, that's a really um, hard thing to, to do, to cease work, like to cease doing, to not rely on yourself and be like, God's going to sustain me. Yeah. It's so easy to just say, hey, I work so I can buy this food or, hey, you know, McDonald's is just right there. I'm going to go pick up a, a Big Mac. But God has given us the opportunity to to work, to do these things, and he's provided them for us. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of good quotes in this book that I kind of want to uh, go through and talk about. He talked uh, about the yoke, which you talked about in your sermon as well. Right. Um, he says, and this is in regards to working so much and having a life full of anxiety. He says, honestly, the solution is very, very simple. If you want to experience the life to the full of Jesus, his nonstop conscience, conscious enjoyment of God's presence and world, all you have to do is adopt not only his theology and ethics, but also his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You have to adopt the way that Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. And so he goes on and he talks about like, how Jesus lived, how he got up early, how he prayed, how he spent time with God, how he he ate long dinners with people and um, and really connected deeply on a relational basis. And he goes through all these things that that Jesus loved to do. And I think, and I could just be speaking for myself, but one thing I struggle with is, and I know the theology. Like, I know what I ought to do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the lifestyle of Jesus is like, well, that was like a whole nother lifetime ago. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't do that in Western culture. Mm -hmm. But honestly, we can. Honestly, 
when we adopt theology, we should be adopting Jesus' lifestyle. Sure. And so the thing that John was talking about was the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. and how that was the yoke that we that we right bear. So let's kind of talk about the Sermon on the Mount, the yoke. Um, what is Jesus trying to to tell the people when he's when he's speaking about, hey, take up my yoke? Sure, yeah. I mean that that part is is actually relatively simple, but gets I think has gotten missed for a lot of years by biblical interpreters and people just reading their Bible. But you know, a, a disciple in those days when they were following a rabbi teacher, that teacher had their particular yoke, and that yoke was not a physical one, right? It was a a mental and a spiritual one a theological one, if you will, because that rabbi was teaching and sharing their interpretation of Torah, the law. Here's how the law is lived out in your life. So, you know, if I was following you, Brendan, and you were my rabbi, I would say, Brendan, help me, teach me to understand this scripture and how it applies to me and how do I live it out in my life? I mean, it's the kind of thing we do Sunday in and Sunday out from the pulpit. And, you know, as we make disciples and we share with our kids and so on and so forth, like, what does that mean? Or what does this text mean? Or what does this idea mean? That's a, that's a Christian idea or a biblical idea. So that's really all it is. You know, it's really as simple as that. It's, you know, Hey, you, you've got to know what it is that, um, that a yoke is to really understand it in the context of what Jesus means, because otherwise what we think of, of a yoke is something that an animal wore to pull and have a great weight and do great work. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is not what Jesus was talking about. So. And it's interesting. He's like, Hey, I'll provide rest for you. If you do this work, yeah, take my like, yoke like, on you and learn yeah. from me. And it's, it's very, you know, very, it feels opposite. Mm-hmm. As I said in the message to, what Jesus is saying, but it isn't. It's actually quite concurrent with what Jesus is saying. And that you just mentioned the Sermon on the Mount, and it sounds like I haven't read that book yet, but John Mark Comer does as well. And of course, what Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount is is share in more depth his yoke. Mm -hmm. His yoke specifically that he's talking about there when he's talking about giving us rest is grace, right? It's you know, you can try to live by the law and try yes. to be perfect and save yourself through that, and it's not going to work. You're just going to have a great weight on you that you won't be able to bear. And he calls out, as I did in the sermon, he calls out the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teacher of the law who are doing that very thing. And so the idea being that, hey, if 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 I will take up his yoke, then I can live in grace. And so decide, whose yoke do you want to wear? You want to wear the yoke of the the Pharisees and Sadducees, the teachers of the law? Yeah. Or do you want to wear Jesus's yoke where he's actually the one that's pulling all the weight? You just put it on, mm. right? Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty amazing thing. And then in a more minute sense, right? In a more micro sense, rather than what I've just described as a macro sense of his, of his yoke, the micro sense of his yoke is in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Let me explain to you what this means. You've heard that it was yeah. said, right? You know, to, to, um, as a for instance, right, to not murder. But, you know, any of you who have uh, said something ill against your neighbor have murdered them in your heart, right? Uh, And he does that. And so, and he keep in every one of those things where he says, you've heard that it was said, you've heard that it was said, you've heard that it was said. In every single instance, he ramps up Mm -hmm. the ask, right? You know, you thought it was this, but 
actually the standard is this. And what could happen in hearing that is you could be like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. Exactly. And yeah. that is exactly <laughs> what he wants. Yeah. yeah. Because why? Well, it produces a reliance on him who will do it for you. Correct. And because these these Sadducees and Pharisees were really good at at keeping the law from a legalistic standpoint. They're good at following rules. Right. I mean, there are certain people out there that are good at following rules. Oh, yeah. And, and that's Jesus is getting at the root of what the law was supposed to show you was that you have a sin problem. Mm -hmm. Like this is going to be this is a heart problem. And the only way that you can transform yourself is by giving it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like he is the way he is how uh, this how you obey the law is through him. And so uh, I've always found that interesting in the Sermon on the Mount. Like you said, it ramps up do not murder to, right? Even if you have something ill against your brother, mm -hmm. like that's, that's the same as murder. Mm -hmm. And that, like you said, caught a lot of people's attention. And that's probably why a lot of people heard what he had to say and was like, man, this guy's an awesome teacher, but never actually followed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because then you have to relinquish that, that idea that, that you can save yourself, mm -hmm. like that you have, um, this ability to do good things, therefore earn salvation. Right. And Jesus gets at it. It's like, no, it's only through me, mm -hmm. which is also why he got killed and why the people hated him is mm -hmm. because he said that. Who does this guy think he is? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's absolutely true. Anything else that you, you thought maybe you needed to kind of explain? I, I think, in the sermon, it was pretty straightforward with the yeah, rest. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, I think those were the really kind of the core elements that, that we wanted to get across was, you know, what Jesus was doing, what this idea of yoke means, and and really critically, you know, how our rest comes, like I say, not, not alongside Jesus or peripheral, yeah. peripheral to Jesus, but in Jesus. Mm. And we've just got some decisions to make about, you know, how we're going to live, what we're going to focus on. Are we really going to rest in him? Or are we going to just be like the Pharisees were, which he called them whitewashed tombs? Mm, yeah. Right. I'm glad you brought that you up. Know, yeah. we, look, we look good on the outside. We're doing the right kinds of things that men look at us and say, Oh yeah, well they look like they probably got it going on or they've yeah. got it together. And you know, they, they're a very good person or whatever it is, but you know, on the inside, we're a mess. Yeah. And, and, and that's a lot of our world today. Of course, there's a lot of people that are, you know, including you and I, we have our days, right? Where we're, we're, I'm a mess, you yeah. know, I'm struggling with this, or I'm not giving this over to the Lord, or I'm, I've got this area of sin in my life that I haven't dealt with. And, you know, I'm, I'm not being very loving dad or husband or, you know, friend or pastor or whatever. You know, it's like every one of us struggles. Yeah. And I just think that if we will really get to that place where we're saying, I'm, I'm going to rest in Christ, I'm going to not put my sense of identity in myself and seek approval of men or even seek approval of myself through myself, like, you know, uh, signing off on myself as being good <laughs> enough and instead saying, you know what, yeah. my approval comes in Christ alone in every way. That allows me to rest because I'm not trying to please you. I'm not trying to please anybody else. I'm not even trying to please myself. I'm just trying to please the Lord. Yeah. 
And when you do that, it is incredibly freeing. It is incredibly freeing. So this is a big part of what Jesus means when he says, come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, even rest unto your soul. Mm. Right? Yeah. This is why he says it, because he actually wants us to take up his yoke because it's a gift. Yeah. Like, do it. Take it up. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's at the heart of what we talked about this week. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, kind of wrap up the podcast with uh, what you're looking forward to. Uh, this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing Brennan preach this Sunday, man. Yeah. I'm going to be back in the back uh, drinking a coffee with my feet kicked up. <laughs> no, I won't. I, I might be drinking a coffee, but I won't, I'll keep my feet off the pews. Yeah. But um, yeah, just excited to hear what the Lord's going to say through you, man. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for that. I know. This will be the first time where I preach and you're here. Yeah, I'm going to be staring at you really uncomfortably the entire time. It's okay. To throw you off. Somebody asked me, I don't remember if it was Christy or maybe it was Heather or somebody. I was like, do you think it's going to be weird that Nick's here? I was uh, like, uh, I think if you would have done this maybe three or four months ago, maybe. Right. But now it's like, I know you. Like, right. I'd like to believe we're friends. And yeah. That, that, <laughs> that makes that kind of thing a lot easier to, uh, to I mean, do. we literally talk about Jesus on the podcast. All so the it's it'd just be like we're doing a podcast and well, you're just not talking. And you also know <laughs> I'm very much in your corner. Yeah. right? It helps yeah. when you have somebody out there that you know is going to be very much for you and praying for you Absolutely. and believing alongside you that the holy spirit has a message he's given you and that man what a i was thinking sunday what a, what a gift that i get to share from yeah. the from the word of god in front of and to all these people what an unbelievable gift mm. you know i get to study the word of god week in and week out and i get yeah. to share with people what god is saying to me i mean is there literally is there anything better than Right. No, no, so go, you, know, you go into Sunday morning with that yeah. mentality. You're going to be great. And uh, more, more importantly, of course, the Holy Spirit's going to be great in you. And I'm, I'm pumped for you, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited about that, too. Um, like you said, just being able to share um, all the things that you've studied, but more importantly, what God's laid on in your heart is it's a freeing moment. Like after you're done praying, praying, after you're done preaching, <laughs> after you're done preaching, man, it's like. I don't know. It's just a weight that's lifted off of yes. you. Like yes. God's giving you this burden to say things that may be hard, but it's freeing at the same time. Yes. And most of the time, if not all the time, I need to hear more than anybody else. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm excited. We'll be talking about um, there is peace in God. And so looking at the life of David, and it was a mess. And so, and so yeah. is our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'll be very practical for anybody that's listening. But yeah, man. Can't I'm wait. Excited. Well, we thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.